When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. time once again for another episode of the hangover my name is brian anthony davis shannon white is here with me tony defio will be here his computer had a little bit of a hangover and wanted to do an update right before we got started but we're going to see him in just a few minutes so he'll be coming on shannon white happy memorial day my friend same to you just uh Hope everybody has a blessed and safe one with the family and friends. And and remember, those are no longer with us and uh, just blessed. Yes, and that that's exactly what this day is all about. So I, I, I really appreciate that. It's about the people that made that ultimate sacrifice for us. I went off on a little bit of a tangent this morning on bad language to say, hey, this is not Veterans Day. This is not to thank a veteran. This is, we always, that we should always thank veterans, 365 days. But today is about Memorial Day and about remembering those that made that ultimate sacrifice. The, uh, we are home of the free because of the brave. And that's one of my favorite new quotes Amen. that I, I've heard in the last few years. So with that being said, a lot of people got a day off today here in the states i was doing the q a with maddie peverell yesterday and he's like i work for an american company so they gave me off tomorrow so <laughs> i'm like that's awesome i 
so with that being said, you know, and when I was talking to him, it was already his Memorial Day. It was already Monday. So it was, <laughs> he already had it off. Well, he should be um, watching us then. I, I'm sure he is. If he's not, he should be. Yes, yes. Well, he's just waking up. This is just Tuesday morning. He's getting ready to go to work for Tuesday now. Because remember, he's future boy. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things a lot of people have a day off, and I hope everybody's saving it, uh, doing it in a safe way. We had some terrible news in the National Football League today, where we lost a. Uh, a member of the the Cardinals in a car accident, um, a first round pick out of the uh, TCU, uh, Jeff Gladney, in 2020, a 25 year old. Um, blessings go to his family. It was a car accident, and uh, just really sad to hear that. So I just wanted to go ahead and uh, bring that up as well. And I hope whatever you and your family are doing, that you're doing it in a safe manner and uh, be safe because we need you here. So another thing we do, we do things to celebrate. We do things for fun on a day like Memorial day. How do you spend your Shannon? Well, you just like to usually we'll uh, do cookout and, and just have some family over and, and share some memories and, and, uh, uh, maybe play some cornhole and, and just ha- enjoy the day. I went to the uh, I went to the pool with my family, and I uh, my daughter convinced me to go ahead and jump off of the diving board. And she said, "Well, you do a cannonball." <laughs> I haven't done that for years. And my son said, "Hey, uh, oh, I, I would love that. That'd be fun." And so they start chanting. I'm like, "Okay, I'll do it." And I don't know whether the most embarrassing thing was the fact that I was wearing the shirt that I'm wearing right now, which is a Pittsburgh Mauler shirt, whether I was wearing a USFL Pittsburgh Mauler shirt or the fact that I slipped and completely wiped off and fell off the side (laughs) of the diving board. What's even worse, Shannon, is my daughter has already submitted the video to America's Funniest Videos. Oh goodness! <laughs> because it was a complete wipe off the side with me going. Whoa! I could hear like the, uh, I, I could hear the uh, what they put behind it with a soundtrack with the special effects and the wah wah. You know, because I I completely wiped out and wiped out my ankle, and I was like, gosh, why did I do that? Um, but it'll that... all be worth it if you win. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, I guess that's true. I mean, but yeah, she she had it submitted already, and she's never done that before. And I'm like, well, how are you? That's pretty good stuff there. You know, but another thing, we get off work on Memorial Day, and we're talking about work today. We're talking about hard workers, because there's some people that do not get off for Memorial Day. This might be a better show set for Labor Day, for what we're going to talk about today, but... When it's Labor Day, we're getting ready for the season. So we have so much more to talk about, and that's cut down. That's usually cut down weekend. So all I'm saying is here, we're going to do something inspired by the live chat last week, inspired by something Shannon said, and it's talking about blue-collar players. We're going to do it in two weeks. Next week, we'll do the defense. This week, we do the offense. Shannon, when you think about a blue-collar player, 
what do you think of? Just a guy who's a, a team guy who's willing to do the dirty work, whatever is required for the team to be successful. Puts the you know the the team goals, and you know they can be a star. Some of our best blue collar guys have been star players, you know, Pro Bowlers, and then some could just be, you know, guys that are just you know, utility guys, uh, uh, jack of all trades. So uh, it should be interesting. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take the offense and we're going to go ahead and talk about, we're going to have our nominations for our blue collar guys for each position on the offense. And we have a lot of people throwing them in. And if you could refrain from throwing them in until we bring them out, because that's that kind of uh, uh, that kind of takes away from the show. So um, we'll definitely do that. We are definitely going to talk about the defense next week as well. But I guess the best place to start is the one where you don't think of a blue collar guy. Usually the quarterback is not a blue collar position. And if you see the title of the show, we called it hard hats, the hard hat Steelers. So those guys that wear that hard hat. So when you think of quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're only going back to 1969 here, because I think that's you know the modern era of football, really, because that's uh, post-merger. So we'll go ahead and do that. Who is your quarterback, Shannon? That's a tough one. I almost have to have a tie oh, between, do that? between Bradshaw and Roethlisberger. The reason why is because they both are incredibly tough and they both cared more about winning than they did their statistics. Bradshaw, what he had to endure was he had incredible talent around him, but he had to endure the disrespect from the league. You know, Kate Spellcat, if you spot him, the C and the A, you know, those first four years were just terrible and he had to survive that. So he developed a thick skin. So I really admire that tough. And then you have Ben, who just literally carried some teams uh, there, especially in 2008. Uh, He carried that offense. And, you know, both of them were tough. But, you know, Ben had his nose smashed all over his face and stayed in the game and all kind of different things like that. So for me, it's almost a tie between them two guys. That's, that's absolutely true. That is, that's fine. And I, I agree with you on that. Um, One thing that I feel as far as, uh, as the Steelers go, I, I I think that you could look at a guy like Big Ben. I think you could look at a guy like, like Roethlisberger. One guy that I'm going to go ahead. I mean, Blake Bradshaw, excuse me. I I mentioned them both. (laughs) Let me bring up a guy that, Maybe maybe he's the guy that you'd think of here is Bobby seems like that guy to me. Mm. Was he the best stealer? No, no. He's <laughs> I mean, he probably's top six or seven of best quarterbacks of all time for the Steelers because of the lack of players and the lack of guys that have been there. But we talk about the blue collar guy. We talk about the guy, you know, putting your putting your hand in the dirt. 
and quarterbacks don't do that, but not afraid to just uh, just grind it out. And Bubby seemed like that guy for me. So I I kind of uh, think Bubby's that guy. I'm seeing in the live chat guys like Cordell. Um, I I like this comment about a guy like Mason Rudolph literally only shuts up and goes to work every day. I like that. I I think that's that's actually a good comment too. Um, but those are the kind of guys that we're thinking about when we think of hard hat guys at quarterback. You know, you're you're not looking at a a finesse guy. You're definitely not looking at that kind of guy for this. So, I like all those suggestions. Now, let's go ahead and go to a position, Shannon, that has all kinds of hard hat. I think if you play this position, you're a hard hat guy, and it's fullback. Mm. Now, are are we going to say there's, there's some good uh, candidates there. Um, I was thinking about this one. And to me, if we're talking about a star, I got to say Jerome Bettis because, you know, the way he carried uh, the team and, and, you know, all that grunt work he did and, and those tough yards. Um, but then the guy I think that's overlooked is D'Angelo Williams. Because he was a guy that carried him as much pal in. By the time he got to the Steelers, he was already pretty deep into his career. And and, and get a few carries to spell bail. He was willing to do it if he had to start. You know, he'd, he'd just churn out them 100-yard games. He understood where he was at in his career. And he had that hard-nosed, uh, blue-collar mentality when he came to Pittsburgh. He didn't have to be the star anymore. Um, and you know, you could say the same about Mueldy Moore. He he did the same thing when he came in. So, but if, if I'm picking one guy, I'd have to go with Bettis and uh, uh, Rocky Blair type because Rocky, uh, you know, he did he did it all. Okay, so when I bring up the fullback position, this this is kind of tough because um, a lot of people are saying Bettis is a halfback, not a fullback. I think he actually was considered a fullback at one point when he first came into the league before that position mm-hmm. changed. I know Franco Harris was a fullback. Um, for a little bit of clarity here, we could uh, we can go ahead and move Bettis to the running back position here. Um, the guy I think of when I think of a fullback for the Steelers is a guy like a Tim Lester or a Dan Kreider. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of a Rosie Nix, that, that kind of guy, more of mm-hmm. a fullback. And I'm thinking of a Bettis of more of a feature back right now. So what we... was uh, Merle Hodge considered? Merle, see, that's the thing with Merle. He was considered a fullback, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of where things started to change. Then, so you, I mean, you could look at a lot of, and mm-hmm. Merrill was playing at the same time that Bettis was too. So um, there's there's truth to that but for the sake of this exercise i'm going to look at bettis as more of a running back i will put merrill hodge in the fullback category um if i go ahead and throw a guy out there i love the guy like dan Kreider for this mm-hmm. this spot because i thought he was the guy that just cleaned up a lot of messes mm. so yeah, when you're Kreider, 
Go ahead. Yeah, Kreider, you know, like I said, he was just that battering ram and not much of a receiver. But, you know, you, he was just clean it up, as you said. So um, he 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 never shied away from that contact. So, um, and a lot of yards was gained running behind him. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I understand that completely. And uh, I get it. So that is kind of a guy that we would go ahead and look at there. Um, man, Snowman brings up John Whitman. George Teston brings up Tim Lester. Do you realize how tough those guys and how they paved the way for a lot of players? I mean, I know Whitman and Lester both paved the way for Jerome Bettis at different junctures of Bettis's career. You know, I, I really think that, uh, that those guys did. Uh, so as far as everything goes, you know, we'll go ahead and put him in that category. And did you want to go ahead and keep Bettis as your running back then? Yeah, I think Bettis. Like I said, if we're if we're, I would I would say Bettis would be the guy. I th- I think uh, he's probably one of your blue collar guys. A lot of people at the beginning said, you know, Najee Harris might be that blue collar type guy. Mm. I don't really look at him as a blue collar guy, but if a lot of people do, I I welcome that as well. I really think Najee could be definitely one of those guys um for right now it seems like the guy that just would grind out the yards that's him that that seems like bettis could be that dude naji can be that dude as well and you're gonna see naji grind out a lot of yards too so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more uh but i like your pick of jerome bettis let's go ahead and take a look at a position that has a lot of blue collar guys on it, but there's guys that I consider more blue collar than others. We'll start with the center position on the offensive line. Shannon, I think it's, if you look at this position, there haven't been a lot of guys over the last 50 years to play this position (laughs) because you've got Dermani Dawson, you've got Marquise Pouncey and you've got Mike Webster that took care of a lot of it. You've got a guy like Jeff Harding's there. When I look at it, Jeff Hardings was an, um, a number one pick of the Detroit Lions. Marquise Pouncey was a number one pick of the Steelers. Myrna Jane and Bird say Webster all day, and that's the guy when I was driving and getting ready for the show, I was thinking that it's Mike Webster as well. I really think a fourth-round pick like Webster kind of epitomizes it. Or actually, I'm sorry, please excuse me, a fifth-round pick like Webster. Do you have anybody different on the uh, center position? No. Uh, well, I was thinking about it. Webster would probably be be my pick for the blue, the number one blue collar guy for all the Steelers' offense because I don't know if you remember him his helmet off and he was just beat and he was sweaty and he was dirty and he he looked like he could barely get up and barely move around by the time you got into the fourth quarter. He kind of reminded you of Earl Campbell when he was playing for the Oilers and they'd have to help him up. He looked like he couldn't even, you know, have one more carry. And then he'd go out there and, you know, tote the ball again and get another long run. And uh, Webster was just that guy. He 
he didn't he wasn't expressly tall he didn't have really long arms he was just all drip you know and everybody else got all the fanfare and he just kept trudging out there and, and he was beat to death when that game was over so to me webster's the ultimate you know hard hat guy and Myrna Jane and Burt bring up the movie concussion that, uh, you know, mm. my gosh, he, uh, w- there, here's a guy that really almost uh, sacrificed his life to the football gods, to the game of football, mm-hmm. um, Definitely. for, for what ended up happening. Uh, George Teston brings up a guy. I want to bring up George here. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. Here's a guy that I also think of now Ray Mansfield before Webster is what George says, but he was on his way out of the NFL then, but, he was, but Ray Mansfield played on two Super Bowl championship teams for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So he definitely counts. And you know what else Ray Mansfield did for the Steelers? You know, he did something else. He was able to punt here and there. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he did some, I mean, it was spot duty, but... Ray Mansfield was a guy that could actually punt too. When he first came into the league, I believe if I'm not mistaken, he came in with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is true. One year with Philadelphia. And then he was, I believe he was on the defensive line. So wow. that, and then he ended up uh, switching on over to the offensive side. Ray Mansfield's a, uh, a throwback guy in the dirt type guy. I really think that uh, you can put him in as honorable mention here. Webster, hands down. I mean, we're not, I mean, a guy like Dermotti Dotson with, excuse me, Dawson with the name Dirt, with the nickname Dirt, you know, is a guy that you could talk about here. But when you think about that guy, you think about Mike Webster all day, every day. So, you know, I think that, oh, no, go ahead. You're good. Um, You know, Dawson, was really a great athlete too, just like Pouncey was. They were both superior athletes to Webster, but nobody was as tough, as powerful, and as technically sound, you know, a battler like Webster was. And to think that he was Ray Mansfield backup, I can't imagine Webster backing up anybody. So that says a lot about Mansfield. Yeah. And, and Webster didn't get the job right away either. He yeah, really yeah. did not. So that's something to look at. Now, on the offensive line, man, there there's a lot of guys to look at here. I mean, you could we could probably, each and everybody in the live chat, you and I included, when Tony comes on as well, we could all come up with different guys here. So let's think of some tough tackles. When you think of the tackles, it doesn't. He doesn't have to be a right side guy. He doesn't have to be a left side guy. He's got to be a Tony Defio guy. What's up, Tony? Can you see me? I see mm-hmm. you. We you hear, hear you. We miss you. What's up, buddy? Happy <laughs> Memorial Day. Ah, uh, thank you. I'm a little annoyed. That's uh, so you know, but it's it's not the end of the world. To quote Archie Bunker, "Let's hear for technology, little girl." <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Archie Bunker was the ultimate blue collar guy. You know, I mean he he drove oh, that yeah. taxi yeah. and he and he was he was a blue collar dude too. So I, I get it. Um <laughs> so Tony, I'm gonna catch you up here. We uh 
We talked about some blue collar guys. We talked about a guy like Bradshaw Ben as our blue collar quarterback, but even threw in Bubby Brister as well. At fullback, we were looking at mainly, mainly um, a guy like Kreider, Dan Kreider. But there's a few guys that you can go ahead and make a case for as well. Then at the center position, we'll ask you since we're just finishing up center and we're on the offensive line, who are you thinking at center as the ultimate blue collar guy, the hard hat guy? Well, obviously Webster with, with the amount of games that he played. I mean, he played how many consecutive games and didn't he play more games? A fifth, fifth round pick. But I mean, Jeff Harding is, is another great one. Cause I mean, he, he was right in the middle of all those uh, great run of centers that they had. And he was an originally a guard. They brought him in as a free agent and, and he started that Super Bowl uh, 40 team. And he uh, helped that uh, he helped throw a block for that uh, exceptional uh, Willie Parker run. So Jeff Harding's might be a good, a good candidate for somebody who just went to work, didn't really get the glory, but, but he was a, a valuable up to them. I'm a Harding's guy. I, I definitely can say that too, mm-hmm. but for this, the snowman's going to say it best when Mike Webster dislocated two fingers in a game, popped his fingers back in place, then finished the drive. <laughs> I, I mean, that that's Ooh. ultimate. That's, that's your guy right there. I, I think that's a mic drop moment. I would say, wouldn't you agree fellas? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. So Mike Webster drop. It's a Mike <laughs> Webster drop. There we go. So we're going to go to tackles now. And we're going back to 1969. So you can think of a lot. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of names, you know, current names. I, I saw Big Al up there. Um, a guy that I think of a lot when I think of. And Tony's probably, Tony knows where I'm going with this because Tony knows it. I have a few favorites from the 70s and 80s that I consider ultimate blue-collar players. And one guy that did not make the Pro Bowl until 1982 or 1983 is a guy on this list. Tony, he only went to the Pro Bowl one season. He was with the Steelers for 15 years. You know who I'm talking about, right? He had a position switch in there. He had a number switch. Ray cut. He caught the clinching touchdown in, in Super Bowl. Larry Brown. Larry Brown. I'm not t- no, now for all of you guys that have PTSD from Super Bowl 30. Not that Larry Brown. I'm talking about <laughs> the guy that wore number 87 <laughs> as a tight end, and then wore number 79 as a tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a great career. Man, I love some Larry Brown, and with a team with all these superstars, Larry Brown just put on the hard hat and went to work every single day. Yeah. That's one of my guys that I'm like ultimate, ultimate hard hat Mm -hmm. guy. But we have other guys that we can do as well. So do you guys have any other tackles that you want to throw in there? Turn Chilkin. Now is Touch played both, right? He played tackle and guard. But didn't he make the Pro Bowl at uh, tackle? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, and Wolfley was mainly the guard, right? Yeah. 
I get this guy. I, I get them mixed up a little bit too. And then John Cole, you know, a lot of people saying him, I still have the great memories of him at the uh, world's strongest man competition. And, you know, he was mm-hmm. undersized for an offensive lineman. Even back then, he was just freakishly strong. And, you know, he, he turned out to have an excellent career and he, he is, he would be super small by today's, com, you know, comparison. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, Tunch Elkin and, you know, what he meant to the stores and what he still means to the stores. And then John Cobb, I mean, you know, those are two candidates right there. John Kolb's another guy. I uh, swear I saw John Kolb in a Wendy's in 1980 near Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, just cause I mean, it might've just been a big guy with a beard, but I also <laughs> have a soft spot for John Kolb for another reason. Cause I know his birthday. John Kolb was born August 30th, 1947. Wow. And one of my one of my my heroes, and one of my heroes was born on August thirtieth, nineteen forty seven, as well. With my dad, mm. so <laughs> I'd love to get my dad a John Kolb jersey, <laughs> and I I think I might have to one of these days because he was born on the same day, and uh, it's funny. My dad, he was probably about. We went to Disney in like 1980, 1981. And he had this ring. He had this Steelers ring that he got at a trade show or something. And he was probably about 240. And a lot of people, uh, we were at Disney World, and a lot of people thought he was a Steeler because he mm. was wearing this ring. And he was a big dude. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not a Steeler. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. But um, <laughs> my, my dad was, uh, he looked like an offensive lineman back in those days. So, uh, hmm. bad dad. Um, when I think of John Kolb, I always think of my dad. Um, but yeah, Kolb's a good one. And Snowman says Kolb could bench press 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. And Kolb, number 55, was was the uh, first jersey for George Teston. Wow. That's pretty impressive. There's been some good 55s, but but Kolb's one of them. And Kolb, I don't think Kolb, did Kolb go to a Pro Bowl? I don't think he did. Not sure about that one. I'm not sure either. I don't think he did, but he was around so many Pro Bowlers. And those Pro Bowlers on offense for the 70 Steelers mm-hmm. aren't Pro, Bowl, Pro Bowlers without John Kolb. Yeah. John, I mean, I bet you if you sat down with – Terry Bradshaw and said, what did John Cole mean to you? He, mm-hmm. He'd probably say it meant the same. He meant the same to me as Moon Mullins and, and Mike Webster. Mm-hmm. John Cole was that guy. Eddie, I'm loving me some Eddie Powers, by the way, today. Eddie Powers is bringing up guys like Sam Davis, Ray Penny. You bring up Ray Penny, you know your stuff. He, he was another USFL guy. Um, but mm-hmm. Eddie Powers is saying John Cole was a beast, so underrated, should be in the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to throw John Cole on the list of tackles. I'm going to keep touch on. We don't have to have the all team. We don't. You can put anybody you want. Somebody mentioned this earlier on, and I'm definitely going to agree with Big Al, Al Villanueva. I thought he was a blue collar guy at its mm-hmm. finest. 
Where would you put number one picks like a DeCastro and a Fanica? Would you put them more of, you don't want to call any offensive lineman a finesse guy, but would you put them as like, like uh, dirty birds in there, like uh, hard hat guys more than some of these guys? I didn't, I, I thought of them as more of a high pedigree, you know, tacticians, technicians, that kind of thing. I didn't really think of them as, I mean, I'm sure they were, obviously they were tough, <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I think a blue collar, I think it's somebody like, like an, another one is John Jackson. Uh, John Jackson. That's, that's my 19, Dan Moore comparison. 19, yeah. 1988. Uh, he, they went, they got him in the 10th round of the same school, Eastern Kentucky that they drafted Aaron Jones in the first round who did nothing. So, and, and John Jackson <laughs> was a longtime starter at left tackle. Mm-hmm. And by the time he left here in 98, he was, uh, uh, they won, you know, he was a much sought after free agent. So I think that's another one, a guy who was a 10th round pick and turned himself into a, a, a really consistent starting left tackle. Really good one too. Yeah. Um, even at Eddie powers, I, Eddie powers is my new best friend, by the way, he just had a mm-hmm. Jim clack mention. <laughs> we have never had a Jim clack <laughs> mention on not, I, I'm not talking just this show. But since I've been podcast producer, we have never heard a Jim Clack reference. So Eddie Powers, you just won the live chat today. Congratulations. You don't get anything with that, but you just won a Jim Clack. You say Jim Clack. All right. I'm doing one of these to you. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Um, Let's talk guard. Who do you want to go ahead and put down as guard? I could put a recent guy at guard. Don't you say it. Oh, come on. I've been sitting there waiting the whole time. Okay, then then, then I won't do it. You you say it. <laughs> I mean, hey, this guy's an undrafted, he's an undrafted free agent, so go ahead. It's got to be Big Ray Goo. It's got to yep. be Big Ray Goo. Ramon yep. Foster. Okay. I mean, I, that's why I that's why I stopped. <laughs> It has yeah, got we all to had be. the same idea. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has got to be. Shannon, you take over. Go ahead. Talk about Big Ragu. Talk about Ramon Foster. I love this man. He's oh, a, he's ultimate blue collar. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what what his 40s time was, what his, what his workouts look like. You know, he was undrafted. He comes in, and you watched him, and it was just like he's out working everybody else. He, he just got by, like I said about Webster, that's what I thought of. It wasn't athleticism. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't particularly the strongest guy out there. He just outworked everybody else. And you just you just couldn't help but respect him and root for him. So, and I still love him to this day. I mean, you know, the big ragu, I mean, he's, he's a legend. You know, I got to tell you this. This might be, it's the off season, so we're looking for topics. That's not a bad idea. The best players, best stealers never to win a ring. And I think Ramon Foster is one of them because he did not win. He played in the Super Bowl, did not win a ring. And that's a shame to me because that guy, boy, he deserved one. Mm-hmm. Well, Pouncey never won a ring either. It's crazy. Crazy. So when you, when you think about it, and Dermani, Dermani never wore a ring. Wore a ring, won a ring, got to play in a Super Bowl though. So that would be an interesting, an interesting show. Kyle Younger, here's an interesting one. And man, I'm I will not 
I will not say no to any of these guys. Chris Kimoiatu. Mm-hmm. Man, that guy was tough. Willie Cologne says Lawrence Thompson. I like that too. Um, somebody brought up Sam Davis, who was a guard. Mm-hmm. Sam was one of those guys, man. He he just lost, he just passed away a few years ago. Um, this and that from Pennsylvania says Carlton Hasselrig. Yep, yep, yep. And so you know me, you yeah, <laughs> when it comes to Hasselrig and Ham, they're my Johnstown guys. I'm from Johnstown. If you read the more you know this weekend, it was all about Johnstown. It was the Flood City edition because this is the 133rd anniversary of the Great Johnstown Flood, a devastating flood. I mean, this is not somebody put this in the in the notes in the uh, comments. This was not flood water in your basement. This was <laughs> devastation. Um. And I was in the flood of 77. I was getting my tonsils out and we still lost 223 people. And that was nothing compared to the close to 2000 that Johnstown lost in 1889. Um, So I'm a big Johnstown guy. Carlton Hasselrig was featured in that one. Jack Ham was featured. A lot of things that you didn't know about Johnstown and, and the Steelers. The only thing that did not include Johnstown was the birthdays. I do birthdays every week. There were no Johnstown guys in the birthdays, but everything else had a connection to my old Cambria County home. It was a love letter to my home. So I thought I'd bring that up. But Carlton Hasselrig was one of those guys. He was a 12th round pick. He was a 12th round pick because he was a project, but the Steelers were smart. And I saw your finger. I'll grab you in a second. Yeah. The Steelers were smart with Carlton Hasselrig because he had the Browns were on, in on Hasselrig, a couple other teams, and they were already talking to him as an undrafted free agent. So when you go back a couple weeks and you look at Chris Oladoku, the quarterback for the Steelers, drafted in the seventh round. That backs up everything in this conversation that I'm about to have right now, backs up everything that Dave Schofield ever says. A seventh round pick is an undrafted free agent. You want to make sure that you get Mm -hmm. because that means you don't have to negotiate with them. You don't have to lose them to another team. Three other teams were in on them. The Steelers were smart, smart enough to go ahead and take him out of the great football factory that is the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. Shannon, I went to UPJ. Oh, wow. I went to UPJ. Do you know that I logged the same amount of varsity <laughs> snaps? Yeah. That Carlton Hasselrig did? Yeah. <laughs> at, on the football team? Because there was none. Yeah. There was no football team. The the guy six time NCAA champion, they were. You talk about the Heinz Ward rule. You change a rule because of Heinz Ward. They changed a rule because of Carlton Hasselrick. If you won Division Two, you automatically went up to Division One. In eighty six, eighty seven, and eighty eight, I'm sorry, eighty seven, eighty eight, and eighty nine, he beat everybody. He won both tournaments, and. Including Tony, you'll love this, Mr. Wonderful's brother. He beat oh, yeah. Paul Orndorff's brother. Mm. Wow. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So 
it's uh yeah six-time ncaa champion and a really good player and i featured him in a steeler and jets uniform because i do a feature in that every week called disturbing sights and it's a steeler player in another jersey after they've had a long career in the steelers so i had him in a jets jersey so really interesting stuff shannon go ahead take it all i wanted to mention was carlton hasselried changed the way scouts look at offensive linemen because now you will see linderbaum this year kinder green last year all these guys the scouts talk about their wrestling background and I've, I remember, I don't remember scouts talking about wrestling backgrounds nowhere near as much as they did after Carlton Hastert because he had so much success and that guy could get leverage on anybody. And, and he was just, it was incredible. Now he had a short career. The fact he never played high level football at all. And then becomes a pro bowl player in the NFL is unbelievable. And it was because nobody got leverage like him. Hmm. So, you know, we, everybody talks about wrestling background, but very few wrestlers can you compare to Carlton Hassler. But just like players making position switches like Antonio Gates and you know, Gonzalez and guys who come from college basketball to being great tight ends in the NFL, Hasselrig was the first guy that I can remember as a wrestler to take that huge jump to being such a great player. So I think he really changed scouting. You know what's funny though, and I love the fact that you say the word wrestler. I love that. <laughs> I love wrestling, um, and that, that's not me poking fun. I, I just love it. Uh, that, that makes me feel good. You know, he was brought in as a defensive lineman, right? Mm-hmm. On the de- developmental squad, and they realized that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're good a defense in wrestling then you're good mm-hmm. at offense mm-hmm. in football and that, that's basically the bottom line to it other great wrestlers try, that tried to play football Brock Lesnar and we know <laughs> how great I mean, MMA we know I mean MMA is not fake Mm-hmm. And we know what a great wrestler he was and what a great college wrestler he was. He could not make it. He could not make it with the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And if you guys, if you guys check out my more, you know, you're going to find out some very interesting things. And I might be telling you this for the first time. What WWE champion, and he was also a collegiate champion, Tried out for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1990s. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Pittsburgh's own. Kurt Angle. Oh, um, oh I was going to say. Kurt Angle tried out for the Steelers? Kurt Angle had, he had a tryout at fullback, actually. Because uh, he's okay. not that tall. And he said yeah. because it was, because fullback was considered a skill position that he didn't have a chance. He really didn't have a chance. But yeah, um, Kurt Angle actually had... That's why you got to read that article. I always harp on you. That's the only article I'm going to say you read because you're going to find out crazy stuff because I do some... Man, I do some digging. And that's the that's the crazy stuff that you just can't write a whole article about, but you can throw it in as a little 
a little thing there. Yeah, Kurt man, Angle. Man, he was definitely strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> Running uphill with guys on his back. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he that that guy that guy was and I I have a uh, I have a funny story about him. My college roommate was his cousin and one of my best buddies in the world, Matt. He's his cousin, and he said, "Yeah." And this is in the nineties. He goes, "Yeah, my my buddy's gonna, I mean, my cousin's gonna try out for the Olympic team." And I said, "Where did he go to school?" And he said, "I think he said Clarion. I think that's where he went." And here's how dumb I was. I'm like, "Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah." Mm-hmm. And my cousin's gonna gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, I should be a jerk. And then I found out who his cousin was, and <laughs> and I was actually with him and. I was at his house in the 1996 during the Olympics. I'm like, man, was I wrong about mm-hmm. that? <laughs> All right. So we looked at offensive line. We looked at everywhere, but the place where it's hard to find a blue collar guy and it's at receiver. Now you've got plenty of blue collar tight ends. I think everybody's a blue collar tight end. We'll go. We'll just go quick on tight end. Throw in your, your, cause I'm not throwing in a guy like Eric green. Eric Green to me is not a blue collar tight end. Mm-mm. So who would you throw in as a blue collar guy? I'm not doing Randy Grossman. I'm not doing uh, Benny Cunningham. If I'm going to do anybody, it. go ahead. I'm not even doing Heath. And a lot of people are going to say Heath. And he's probably going to win it. But go ahead, guys. Who do, who do you got? How about he's the David first Johnson. round draft pick. David Johnson's a guy. Yeah, he 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 got no glory. He, he just he was just basically a, a glorified tackle. He just blocked, blocked, blocked. He he, he caught the occasional pass, but he was he was a what a, a blocker, occasional H back, right? So that that's that's a, a a good a good one. Mark Bruner, he was a first round pick, but he Cower was so adamant about the running game back then. He barely he barely got a chance to catch passes. He was he was another glorified tackle. Well, you know I can't you know I can't say that. That a uh, that you can't put in a first rounder. I'm not going to say that, but and, and I love this Preston Gothard. I think that's a really good. Oh wow, Shin, I've got one that's on my mind. He wasn't a guy drafted by the Steelers, but do you have anybody before I throw out this guy's name? Now we're on tight ends. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I thought of tight end, I immediately thought of Heath Miller. And, and uh, so, you know, we, we can say that too. We can yeah. say that. Well, he, he's down the road in Virginia, not too far away. And, and I knew about all his exploits when he was in high school and he, you know, how great he was and just what a great guy. And, and that, that he was like the ultimate blue collar team oriented guy. So yeah, that was going to be my pick. Let me throw in Jonathan Hayes. Hmm. <laughs> I thought Jonathan Hayes was that tough kind of guy that could still catch the ball. Somebody's thrown in Matt Spath, and yeah, I mean, I get it. Matt Spath was you have these blocking tight ends, those guys that are your blocking tight end guys. And I, I kind of agree with Bruner as well. I mean, Heath, you can make a case because people think of Heath as that blue collar guy. Um, but I think there's more blue collar guys, and that's uh. That's who I'll go with. Now, Shane Giggle says, Mark B, not a name I've heard in a long time. You know, Mark, you know where Mark Bruner's employed right now? 
scouting Pittsburgh Steelers, West Coast. Oh, wow. mm. Yep. Mark Bruner's a, uh, unless something's changed, he's, he's a scout for the Steelers. That's cool. So this is, this is the toughest position of all, but we've got a number one guy that everybody's going to say. So I'm going to let Shannon <laughs> say it. And there's, I mean, I want to find, I want to come up with a second because I think everybody's going to be unanimous when you say this man's name, Shannon, go ahead. Yeah, everybody's agrees. Hines Ward. I mean, he, he's, he's the ultimate blue collar receiver, maybe at any of all the receivers for any team. I mean, Ward was just, he was special that way. He did more with less athleticism than about any guy you'll ever see. So, uh, and, you know, change the rules, you know, to protect the defenders. You know, when, when does that ever happen? We got to protect the defenders. And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I, I love Ward, and, and he's got to be the guy. But, you know, just a, a guy is like a Jericho Cotchery type. Uh, because, you know, he was such a. He was such a good blocker, and he was so reliable in the red zone. So I thought of him as the guy that wasn't a star, you know. Yeah, I I, I really like that. Um, Tony, do you do you have a guy besides? I, we're all going to agree on Hines, <laughs> especially when you draft a guy with a second, third round pick in 1998. You go for a first round 99 wide receiver, a first rounder in 2000, and the guy that's. Uh, in the conversation for Hall of Fame is Heinz Ward, the guy you had all along. I bet you they'd love to have have those picks back. Snowman saying John Starworth, Lynn Swan. I got to go with Sean Manahan, though. Tony, look at the screen. Look at Sean Manahan. I think that's a pretty good pick. Yeah, One of my I first mean, jerseys, Yancey Thigpen. Yeah, he, he uh, came here after being drafted by the Chargers and uh, kind of became a star uh, after he was – all he had was a fancy name or, you know, coming in, into the pros. But one that I'm thinking of is a recent one. Is a – believe it or not, Darius Hayward Bay. He was a former top 10 pick of the Raiders, a speed demon. Never really caught on there. And he came here and reinvented himself as a, basically a special teams uh, – a gunner on special teams. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't usually see receivers of that pedigree willing to reinvent themselves, and, and, and he did it. So uh, – Hats off to him. Is he was definitely a lunch and uh, what do they call it a hard hat and, and lunch pail kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk here because you just said what he was on special teams, and now the Steelers just brought in a guy that seems like a hard hat kind of guy in Gunnar Olszewski. So let's ask this question: Who here? is going to be the current 2022 all hard hat. He's on the 2022 Steelers. We already mentioned Olszewski. Can you think of another hard hat guy that you just feel that that he epitomizes this conversation? Hmm. I have the one that, that kind of brought this conversation up last week is I think it's Connor Hayward. Because, again, I think that there's nothing at the end of the year you're going to be like, he's rookie of the year caliber, but I think he's going to make an impact every game. I really do. And I think it's going to be, we'll be looking back and looking at this kickout block or, or looking at this tackle on special teams or this big, you know, uh, red zone or, or third down completion. I, I think that he he's just, he's got that 
Dowdy, like his dandy's wherever necessary to not only make the team but make an impact. That that's that's really good. I mean, you could throw in a guy like uh Hayward, you can throw in a guy like Watt. That's a your special teamer guy. We're not talking about the defense. Um, you can even throw we mentioned a Dan Moore when we talked about another night number 65 and John Jackson. You know, you can even talk about a guy like Kevin Dotson possibly being that guy if he turns into what we think that he's going to. Um, the ultimate guy on this list, though, and all of offense, when I'm thinking about the blue-collar guys and the guys that we brought up, I would probably have to say begins with W, and there's going to be two, Webster and Ward. Tony, thoughts? I, I mean, you know, nobody, uh, nobody cared about football as much as Webster and Ward. I mean, they, they, they were, they were just Steelers in and out, and and uh, they always set great examples on the field. I mean, it's you, you can't, you can't uh, argue with with either one of those as far as the blue collar. I mean, Heinz Ward is the patron saint of um, the blue collar receiver, and. <laughs> And, uh, you know, all these poor receivers that have come after him. It's like, they don't block. They don't block well enough. They got to block better. That's all because of Heinz Ward and, and the impact he had. And, and obviously he was much, a much better athlete. I mean, he, was, he wasn't a great athlete, but he, was, he did things on a football field that, that uh, people don't give him credit for as far as his athleticism. Look at that time he scored that. It was like an 80-yard touchdown with one shoe one against shoe. the Falcons back in uh, what, yep. 2006. So, I mean, the guy was a fan, and he was a, cl- he was a clutch player. Especially in the in the in the postseason, he won a Super Bowl MVP. So, uh, I, I just I, he's the only jersey I own right now is Heinz Ward, and, and I just I just love Heinz Ward. And I forget often how great he was as a player. And like a lot of people say, he should be in a Hall of Fame. He'll get there someday, I have no doubt. Uh, but to me, he's a Hall of Fame player. He passed the eye test. Hey, if Heinz Ward had a wait to become a starter on this team and to wait to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to have to wait to make the Hall of Fame, and that's there's nothing more blue-collar than that. We have the challenge flag here. Brian Brown says, Yancey Thigpen had a lime green leather Gucci suit, high fashion before his time. I love that. So that <laughs> might that might exclude you from being a hard hat guy. <laughs> Who doesn't have uh, one of those kind of suits? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I definitely love it. Um, let's get on out of here. We're going to do the hey. defense next week. Shannon. Hey. I got one more thing. I got to say, you know, Ward's my number two, but nobody ever outworked Mike Webster. Yeah. And when you're talking about blue collar, hard, you know, hard nose. So that would be my guy. I had to say that. Well, absolutely. Tony, I appreciate it. Uh, Wow. We just got a Lupe Sanchez reference. Not the first, (laughs) not the first Lupe we've ever had, because I like to bring up number 28 Lupe. Lupe Sanchez out of UCLA every once in a while. I love it. Um, <laughs> great talk. I, I love it. You guys are having fun. Happy Memorial Day. Remember the remember what this day is all about. Tony, glad to see you here. Glad you got the, the computer taken Ooh. care of. Shannon, enjoy your family. We kept you longer than I promised. <laughs> so, you know, go uh, go put a burger or bread on the grill and, and think of me. And uh, mm. best of your family and everybody out there. We love you. We cannot do these shows without you. Mm-hmm. And you mean a lot to us. So thanks so much. So for Tony Defio and Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. I'm going to stick all, 
uh, skip all the hullabaloo. And I'm just going to say, just when you think you got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Shannon White. You got it. Shannon, Tony, Brian, out. We will see you next time. We love you. Stop and check it Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.